Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. What is going on, motivators? Timothy McCain here. And thank you for joining me for another podcast. Fam, the struggle is real. And I know unless you have been living on some kind of rock or maybe not have opened up your eyes or maybe refused to even attempt to glare, look, listen, or learn, then you will see that our world is being rocked. Beginning of 2020, so many things has happened just so then that this will be a, a year that as our kids are growing up, that we will tell them about. Tell them about 2020, how towards the beginning of the year, the passing of passing of Kobe Bryant. We'll tell them about how all these things has happened uh, since then. We'll tell them about the COVID-19 and how it swept through the world, how it put our nation at a standstill. We'll tell them about even moments like this that we are living in right now, monumental moments that can shift so much if we will be brave enough to learn from. Moments where where the entire world seemingly is finally addressing an elephant in the room, and that is that Black Lives Matter. Now, I'm going to be very clear because uh, I believe there's still a lot of people who are confused about that statement about Black Lives Matter, believing that the thought or to to um, even share that, post that, text that or or repeat that is to see or to say or to think that all lives aren't relevant. And that is so far from the truth, family. I saw a post saying that if one if there's if a house is on fire right and you're you're not spraying all the other houses and getting the one on fire as because all of the matters no you're going to give attention to the one that's on fire it's not that if all the other houses are important but there is a house on fire that needs the water and so as long as i can remember and as, and way before i was even born there has been issues plaguing systemic racism hate crimes and all the above in the black and minority communities. Black and brown people, we're in a moment right now where many of us are finally seeing a glimpse of hope because it was hard to even feel, it was hard to even to even share, it was hard to even uh, speak up because it always, the conversation was always prespiced with uh, what if they don't believe me? Or being told that you just see racism under every rock 
or thinking that this thing that, that this kind of stuff stopped at the end of the civil rights movement. But family, the civil rights movement didn't didn't end systemic racism. The civil rights movement uh, uh, it it propelled equality. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't meet equality. I want to be very clear. We we're, we still have a fight. We still have an argument. We still have. We still have things we do. We still have. We still need legislative change. We still need a a, a, a national healing. We need a place of awareness. And so that I meet so many people that is confused about why are the people talking about this stuff? Didn't Martin Luther King already march? Didn't Malcolm X already do things? Didn't Rosa Parks already give up their seat? Didn't Harriet Tubman lead people to the Underground Railroad? Didn't didn't all this stuff has happened? Uh, didn't didn't uh, didn't we confront? All these other things, oh, we're done with that. We're past that. This this stuff doesn't exist no more. And yo, it rocks me every single time that there's maybe very well, maybe good-minded people. Maybe you're watching this right now and you fall into that category where you literally thought, or maybe you still think right now that all this stuff is being made up, that it's not real, or that it's not consistent. That it's a situation that happens every now and then. Is that is that the, the, the chocolate brown man or brown woman or minority living near you or by you or working with you has never experienced these things because they're not old enough to walk through the fiery the the, the, the fiery flames, the burn of racism. Now, family, this stuff is real, and that's why when when I first heard the the motto, the slogan, the chant, or whatever you want to call it make America great again, I immediately uh, disapproved. Disapproved of the motto, disapproved of the slogan, because it was immediately that one thing, that one thought, only it seemed to think of a particular people group, but didn't give attention to, unintentionally, I mean, I will, intentionally, unintentionally, whoever knows, I don't know. But for me, when I was listening, as a black man, what I was hearing that, my first thought was, who's America? Make who's America great again? I don't want to as as if to as if to go back to where things were great. But listen, in the black community, uh, uh, um, I don't want to go back. We need to move forward. I don't want to go back to being told uh, I can't drink uh, in this water fountain, or I can't eat at this restaurant, or I can't, or I can't uh, do this, and I can't do that. Or uh, as I don't want to go back to that family. It's still hard right now. So and there's so much stuff I can talk about this, but I don't want to I don't want to rest on that point. But I, but this when I first heard the statement, make America great again, the very first thought I had was who's America? Who's America? My America, my America, make my America great again. No, 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 no. It's, just, it's simply it's make America great. Now, I love let me tell you, I'm in absolutely in love with the thought of what America could be, not with what America was. I'm in love with the notion. I, I I love, man, I travel, I speak, I go to different countries. And I, and I I tell you what, I appreciate coming back to the USA. So, I, but just like anything, if we need to have a talk. Listen, Uncle Timothy need to talk to you to right now because, because we need to give attention to the turmoil that's going on in a nation, going on in our world. And all these things that's happening right now, the protesting, the conversation, the pastors are finally speaking up. Churches are finally being woke. Uh, people are finally seeing the elephants in the room that has been trampling upon a generation of people for so long. And finally, we're putting it on a leash, giving it attention. Family, this is a moment where we can finally see a nation moving forward, not a nation staring behind make who's america great again in order for america to be great people needs to be great 
And not and, and us mean all people, not just white people, but brown people, black people, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Asians, uh, Guatemalans, Hondurians, uh, uh, Filipino. What, fill, in, fill in the blank. Well, if you fall in that category as human, then, then man, I'll tell you what, we got a lot of work to do. But uh, a, 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 a ugly, seeping, festering, uh, uh, a septic wound that has been on a nation is systemic racism. Man, there's protests, there's looting, there's fighting, there's there's conversations, there's people, there's people finally talking about it. There's families uh, being uncomfortable. They're tired of hearing uh, the word black and brown as if as if the word black and brown is bringing up racism, bringing up hate, bringing up what making us different. And I believe this reason why it's so hard for some people to have these particular conversations is because they don't give a lot of thought to the color of their skin. My white brothers and sisters watching this video, when was the last time through a normal day you thought about your whiteness? When is the last time you thought about the color of your skin? When is the last time you got pulled over by the cops and you thought about your color of your skin? You walked through a store, you thought about the color of your skin. You went to a new neighborhood, thought about the color of your skin. You drove around looking for houses, thought about the color of your skin. You, you, uh, you, you, um went to date somebody and thought about the color of your skin. When was the last time you gave attention to the color of your skin with, without it being pointed out, family? But as a black man, I think about it every day. I think about it every day when I go to the grocery store or when I go to the gas station. I buy a pack of gum. I buy, I buy a thing of Gatorade. And they ask me, do you want a receipt? And I immediately say yes. And even at the times that they, excuse me, and even at the times that they don't even ask, they don't even present a receipt. I ask for it myself. Can I have a receipt? And I know I look crazy in the eyes of some people. Why would you ask for a receipt for a dollar fifty nine pack of gum? Because I've been in so many times and so many moments in my life where I was accused of stealing. And the only thing I have to on my side is not my word. Because for many people, my word doesn't matter. I'm a six foot six, 325 pound, a deep voice talking. My face, if I'm not intentionally smiling, I can look angry black man. But why do I ask for a receipt? Why? Because my word don't matter. My word don't hold up. No, I paid for this. But if I have a receipt in my hand, it's my scapegoat. It's my proof that, hey, I paid for this. So the amount of times I've been accused of stealing. I remember walking through a store and walking in the parking lot on my way to Target. My son had a hoodie on. He was a little cold, so he put his hoodie up. And I remember in, 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 um, uh, subconsciously, instinctively, instinctively, I can't say that word, <laughs> subconsciously, without, without a thought, I, I pulled his hoodie down. And I'm here, my son is three at that time, turns four now. I pulled his hoodie down because even though he was cold, he didn't think anything, thought of it, but immediately I realized that I have been subjected to the same uh, uh, indoctrination to uh, that that to to understand that for some people my hoodie doesn't keep me warm. My hoodie is a threat. You understand, family. This is a, the moment we live in, and finally, I find a glimpse of hope. Not because we're talking about it in our black churches. Not because we're talking about it 
and 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 in the barbershops and the salons not because we're 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 trying to bring healing to a womb without the intention of a physician uh, because we because the doctor won't believe the pain they can't see because they're maybe thinking that you're trying to see it everywhere but finally we have been a place in our nation where people are talking about a hole where white brothers and sisters are putting are turning on their flashlight in dark times where they're seeing the injustices the pain that's happening in the black and brown communities and family I must tell you for the first time in a long time, I'm excited. I am excited. Oh, I heard a verse all the time saying that God will work out everything for our good. I'm so thankful that all the, that if, if Terrence was alive, if Samuel was alive, if Sandra was alive, if Freddie was alive, if Walter was alive, if, 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 Keith was alive, Paul was alive, Christian was alive, if Michael Brown was alive, if Eric Garner was alive, if Ahmad was alive, if George Floyd was alive. Today, I know that they will be cheering on and, 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 and speaking out against his injustices. But I believe as they're looking, looking down from heaven in his moments, they're cheering us on, knowing that the brutality they have experienced in the hand of police officers of bad police officers that they will look and know that their death was not in vain, that their death fueled a fire, that their death woke up the eyes. It became an alarm clock to a sleeping generation pressing the snooze button of apathy that they would see and finally see and know that change needs to happen. Family, I'm, I want to encourage you. I don't know. I don't know the color of your skin or the content of your character. I don't know who's going to listen to this podcast. But I know what needs to happen. And that is being have an honest look into ourselves and an honest look in our nation. It's not making America great again. It's making America great. Because family, there's a lot of systemic issues, problems, systematic problems, issues that is plaguing the world, plaguing our nation. And black and brown people, minorities have been hurting in silence for too long. Hard to tell our white brothers and sisters, our white leaders around this nation about what's really going on. Because somebody, sometimes they think we're just making it up. But what a time we live in right now. When a flashlight is being finally shine, shown and pointed in the darkest moments, in the darkest times, as as people publicly saw an intentional, unintentional execution of George Floyd as he had the knee on his neck and, and two other officers on his back as another looked out, aided and abetting a crime that everybody could publicly see watching uh, someone slip out of this world. The world is finally seeing the problems against the, the against police brutality. And I believe what you understand, you need to understand people are not marching and shouting against the act of George Floyd alone. They're not just shouting against the act of racism. It's an act of systemic issues. It is embedded in our nation. And we're finally, because we're brave enough, police officers are brave enough. Politicians should be brave enough. Businesses are brave enough. Moms and dads are brave enough. Families are brave enough, regardless of the color of their skin, are brave enough to look in the mirror and say, hey, this is not right and we can't continue this way. But the only way for things to change is if we're brave enough to uproot 
Hmm. Brave enough to uproot the 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 the, the, the rebar that 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 these systems have been embedded around. Change needs to happen. But it's not making America great again. We need to make America great for all Americans. And beyond that, family, we need to make this world great. All around this world, family, these issues are happening. And if you turn your news on right now, you will see, you will see marching and protest. All of all different countries all around the world. And it is the most incredible thing to see for people like me because it's finally not being whispered in barbershops and salons, but it's being shouted from businesses and, and workplaces and, and soccer mom homes, family. I, I, too, have a dream. And I'm telling you, family, I see it right before my eyes. So I'm going to tell you, all my Christian brothers and sisters, all the believers who are praying and you're praying, if you're praying for God to heal our nation just for it to get to where it was before, I respectfully ask you to stop praying. Don't pray for our nation to get back to where it was before because you're praying, you may be intentionally praying and asking God for things to get back to a place of secret, uh, systemic bondage and issue. No. Pray that God uses these storms and these conversations. So we're not getting back to where we were before, but we're stepping into a place that's better. I challenge you, family. All of us can be a part of this healing. All of us can be, be a part of what's going on. So I want to ask you to take that next step. I appreciate it, each and every one of you shining a light, posting your Facebook status, having these hard conversations, family. And being okay with not knowing all the words. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you not knowing the not knowing exactly what to say, but saying something anyway. I'm proud of you. And I'm thankful for you, family, because I believe we're in a place in a moment in our life where we can finally see the change we need to see. Fam. Regardless of the color of your skin. This is a fight for you. Regardless of you have experience the pain and the fear of systemic racism this fight is for you maybe when you get pulled over by the police officer you get pulled over by the cops your your greatest fear is getting a ticket and having to pay for it you immediately reach out and grab your license registration while be, while they're walking to the car and you may think that's a polite thing to do, the correct thing to do. And in your mind, you say, if I only listen to exactly what the cop says, then, my, then I'm going to be good. And I'm glad, I'm glad you don't have to worry about this. So I want to subject that fear on you. But I'm telling you what, that's not my first thought. And there's not many of people who look like me, their first thought. Regardless of what I am, listen, I'm a I'm a I'm a the greatest callings in my life. The greatest titles, callings in my life is daddy and husband. The greatest callings and what I do as a daddy and a husband is that I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm an evangelist. I'm an author. I'm a business owner. But the cop doesn't see that. The police officer may not see a Christian man first. He may just see a big black man. So I don't know if he's a good cop. Listen, good cops do exist. 
when you preaching, speaking and against police brutality, it's not speaking out against policemen. It's a simply right. It's it's speaking against it's speaking out against the wrong police. You know what I mean, who makes it bad for the good cops? You feel me? And so, but I don't know if he's a good cop or a bad cop. I don't know if she is a good cop or bad cop when they're walking to my door. I know if he's a good cop or a bad cop when the when when the when the conversation is over. So I don't know when I'm walking to the door, am I going to get accused? Are, gonna, are they going to greet me with the gun? I don't know where to exactly to place my hands. I keep it on the steering wheel. Or do I automatically put my hands outside so they can see them? Or do I make sure I, I prop my cell phone, not put my cell phone in my hands so they can accuse that, hey, uh, he has a gun and pop out too before they, before they investigate the reality of if it's a firearm or, or not, family. This is the pain that people will see. And this is why the, the fight is going on. It's not just, again, the act of racism. It's to get the systemic issues of racism. How were many people when they see a when they see a black man running through a neighborhood, they wondering why he's there, not that he's exercising. When they when they when when they, when people may see a a a a a a, 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 a woman with 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 a, with with an afro, they call her unprofessional. You feel what I'm saying? We have a problem in our nation, and I don't want—I don't want to make America great again. That's foolishness to me. That's like going back. That's like going back into a a toxic relationship that your spouse beat you, and going back because you want to fall back in love again. Nah, fam. Mm-mm. Bump all that. It's not make America great again. It's make America great. And we have an opportunity to do just that. So here, how can you do that? How can you, how can you address the systemic issues that's going on right now? How can you address the pain? And I think one of the greatest things you can do is excuse yourself from not knowing all the right terms and the answers. And because you can learn that along the way. But the most powerful things you can do right now is reach out to people. Call that black, that brown, that minority friend. Call them. Say, hey, tell me your story. And listen, and don't, 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 oh, listen, escúchame, mira, listen, don't, 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 don't tell them to tell them my story. And then as they were saying, well, maybe it was this, maybe it was that, but hear them out, right? Hear them out first. Give them, give them, a, give them a chance. I'm telling you, it's liberating. It, you may think oh, all you're doing is listening, but you have no idea what it is like to have a fight going on in your everyday life with the people around you who calls you or friends don't believe the words coming out of your mouth because of their hard time seeing that this is their America. But this is the reality of our lives every single day. So it's not make America great again. It's make America great. And we can do this right now. I believe the stage is set. I believe the conversations are happening. And I believe we can make a difference. But it's going to take a moment where we take the time to step out of soapboxes, step off of soapboxes, and step into dinner tables. To pull up a chair to individuals that look differently than us, have different life experiences and stories and say, hey, let's talk about what you're going through. And what can we do to make it change? I believe, family, that we can make a difference. And I believe, family, that we can continue the fight of civil rights. But the healing needs to happen on all ends. So when you break bread with somebody, when you pop up that and brew that Kathy Bostello, you have that conversation. You will see the pain on all ends because here's the thing, hurt people, 
will hurt people. And we can finally see healing that desperately needs to happen. There's an elephant in the room and it's running wild and running rampant. It's trampling upon anybody in its way. But you know what? I believe it's time to tame the thing because this is our chance. This is our moment because you can make a difference. So my white people, my white family, my white brothers and sisters all around this world. I know there's a lot. There's many, many, many incredible, good intended people. You maybe just fear your fear. Maybe you maybe you're you're scared into silence because you don't want to say the wrong things. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. The amount of grace that's extended, you will be absolutely amazed by. I know you may not know all the things and I know this may be a shock to you. But I tell you what is liberating brings healing to me. When I finally see someone that's woke, someone that's just trying to open up their eyes to see the injustices. So finally, I can have a friend that not only cares, but cares about me. So this is one of the greatest moments, the greatest states of change. I'm reminded of even the civil rights after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. I don't know. It was what was it like? Days and days of looting and rioting and fighting and and all this crazy stuff. And right after that, all the different things, the civil rights movement was passed. Do you see how the stage is being set? Let's not waste this moment. Let's bring healing, healing into our world, into our nation and in, and in our families. Because it is time that we don't make America great again. That's foolishness. Because it, because you're not answering the question, who's America? But we can make America great. And let's do that together. All right, motivators, I'm going to be continue to be doing some podcasts and breaking down uh, some of the topics. What does Black Lives Matter mean? What is systemic racism? Do, 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 are all cops bad? I'm going to do some podcasts about these different things so, and some videos to really address the matter. But I wanted to set the stage in this conversation, set the, set the foundation, because Houston, huh, we have a problem. But check this out, family. We can fix this together. Sorry, motivators. Do me a favor. Follow my YouTube channel, TM Motivations. Like, comment, and subscribe. Do me a favor. Share this podcast. And yo, because I believe we are in one of the greatest moments in history. There's blood on the ground. There's pain that has happened. Not just yesterday, not just years ago, but right now. So let's make sure that we're not wasting the momentum. We're not wasting the tears and the pain of what's going on so we can make America great. Peace. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 